3: Tom Bernard show with co-host Catherine Brandt,
4: Andy Brandt Bernard,
3: Alex Brandt
0: Bernard Rasmussen, Mike Molina, LA Nick,
4: and I hate city pages. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I never talk about him at all. I don't even hate him. I just I couldn't care less. Yeah, I could care less either. And Doug, Doug hmm. Sprinthal will be right back. Tom Bernard show. All uh, right. Speaking
4: of Doug Sprinthal. Phase two of the let's talk uh, Walzer cool cars with L.A. Nick. I'm looking at another one that is super sweet. I can't look at it yet. I'm just going to tell people how to get there. We Last hour, we talked about the $400,000 Ferrari. We're going to have something a 399. little more marked down to 399 488. You're right. Walzer.com, inventory cool cars. You can see all these awesome cars that are uh, scattered over both Minnesota and Kansas. So check out this bad boy. Do you know what that is, Nick? It's a 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat.
5: Oh, Hellcats are
4: awesome. It's only got 3,000 miles on it. And now. That's it's Hellcat also really, got
5: really, really, really cheaply priced.
4: 707 horsepower.
5: I've seen that car go for 70. Grand.
4: Yep. They go to 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds, the top speed of over 200 miles an hour. This is a two th- It's a used one, 2016, 3,600 miles on it, and it's 55 grand. If you want to get noticed, it? it's a it's a 2016 Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. But uh, that's
3: a rear wheel drive isn't Oh it?
4: yeah, no, this is uh, not for the faint yeah. of heart. So when you buy these right. things, you get two keys, you get a red one and a black one. The black one is the one that you give the valet. It uh, yeah. only gives you 400 horsepower. Yeah. But if you put the other one in there, it unlocks the whole... S- like, you can't get in trouble with a 400 horsepower. This That's one's the cool safety too. issue. Yeah.
5: This one's cool. It's the subline orange with the
4: blacked-out rims. Yeah. It's got a pretty good look to it. So there's tons of these cool cars in here. It's my favorite stuff to sell and talk about. And we've got stuff that starts at 10, dollars 11000 up there. It goes all the way up to the Ferrari at a little under 400. So something for everyone. Fun for a girl and a boy all at Walzer.
3: now the worst song ever recorded what the hell is this
4: that's what i'm asking myself right now
3: (laughs) you know is that la Nick singing that no (laughs) might as well
4: be
0: this is the single that he released
3: it's not mine this is the single he released (laughs) i gotta run this by you guys because uh there's a thing called the Studio Think Tank that Wise Brothers Media puts out, and uh, Brady in the morning at WKLR in Richmond, Petersburg. I don't know where, so that's Virginia, Richmond, Virginia?
2: Or Russia, not sure. Well, it wouldn't be a There's no Richmond. It wouldn't be a
3: K
4: station in Virginia, would it?
3: WKLR. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I misheard you. Uh, but but I I think that's Richmond, Virginia, but I'm not sure Petersburg. I've never heard of Petersburg. I've heard of Parkersburg. Remember that one? Well,
5: Petersburg, Virginia sounds familiar to me.
3: Okay, well there you go. So it, so it probably is Richmond, Virginia. But anyway, Brady in the morning came up with his idea. I was just reminded of this yesterday when visiting an old co-worker. I just wrapped up my show at the last station I worked at. GM pulls me in and says, we are doing our best to keep you here because we believe in you. We want you on this team. You work hard, and this uh, decision isn't a reflection on you, but we have to cut your salary for budget reasons. That wasn't the bad part. But it stung because my ex and I had just had our daughter, and it was a $20,000 a year salary cut. I wasn't making anything to begin with. There are words I have to edit here. Uh, To begin with, uh, this was a better alternative to losing my job. I'm thinking I could deal with this until I get out and find a stable place to work. Now, here's the bad part. As I was gathering my thoughts and coming to grips with what was happening, he looks me in the eyes and says, You have to understand we have to sacrifice. I'm in the middle of building a $25,000 back deck, and I'm not sure if I'll finish it this year. (laughs) Wow So I'm spending 25 grand But we're going to cut your salary by 20 grand
2: Got to get the money somewhere
4: So the guy
3: I went to visit yesterday (laughs) The guy I went to visit yesterday was my old PD And he was there, both of our jaws dropped I walked out of the building pretty pissed But I knew my salary cut was so he could hit his bonus To get the deck taken care of Yeah, I mean, it's hitting bonuses I I go through this stuff all the time Uh, What is the worst thing a boss ever said to you? Do you guys, we can go to yours first is there something a boss said to you, the worst thing a boss ever said to you? Can anybody think of one? Because I'll go through it. some if you can't think not not I can I think of a
4: few, but I don't really want to say. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, yeah. If you, you know what Paul said to me once was... Uh, <laughs> here's a pretty good one, actually. Uh, a guy named Trumpy tweeted in, uh, not said to me. It was said to uh, the chef when he was firing... Uh, I was with the chef when he was firing an employee, and the employee said, But I'm a hard worker. And the chef responded, Yeah, well, Hitler was a hard worker. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: what? Jeez. What kind of thing? <laughs> wow. <laughs>
3: that's, yeah, that's, that's not acceptable. I'm sorry. No, not
2: acceptable.
3: Uh, in any case, the uh, worst thing ever said about John uh, Arroyo you will never make it in this business. You have incredible street smarts, but you just aren't cut out for broadcasting. That's not that bad. That's been said to everybody. Brooke Summers, GM, told my PD to pull me off the air because I, quote, sucked and had no talent. My PD refused. Found that GM years later when I was PD and AM show talent. And he wasn't even in radio anymore because he was caught embezzling money. I think he was working at a car lot.
4: Oh, geez. Uh, (laughs)
3: That's that's the part I had to get to. I was working at a car lot. Probably Auto Nation. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but I, I don't think a a boss has ever said anything like that to me on the, they've called me on the phone and fired me, but I just, I've never, not in person. My my publishing,
5: my publishing company told me I was a really shitty writer.
3: Well, that's kind of like a boss because they're your publisher. That's kind of like your boss. You really suck at writing. (laughs) You really suck at writing. Well, you know, thank you so much. That'll all work out. But they gave me the deal. Yeah, they did. The book is uh, We have the book sitting on our uh, our dining room table, as a matter of fact. Catherine read uh, the book just, what, three days ago?
2: Mm, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago now mm-hmm. already.
4: Man, time is flying by. Speaking, I'm still trying
2: to put all of his wisdom to use.
4: Speaking yes. of books, Catherine, I brought your Paula Poundstone back. I was cleaning my office, and I'm like, I think I borrowed this from Catherine uh, last summer and forgot to bring it back. So,
2: Did you read it? I did.
4: It was really funny.
2: Yeah, she's funny. I like her.
4: It's all
3: true. So, L.A., it sounds like you've calmed down a little bit now. So, you got everything off your chest?
5: No, I'm just oh, trying geez. to be quiet. So, I'll destroy the whole show. Well you're
3: still worked up? You're still worked up? Oh, yeah, I But you do every Wednesday. I you destroy the show every up, Wednesday. Why you know, change now? I'm, try-
5: I'm trying to find contractors, and I don't think anybody wants to work anymore. I, like, nobody wants to do anything yeah. anymore. They just don't want to I work. I can find you, know. you a
3: contractor.
5: No, I'm trying to find somebody that the pours concrete. Like, oh, we're booked for two years. Like every every contract. Every-
4: t- I've been watching you do this. Why don't you just contract a gen- contact a general contractor? I'm
5: a general contractor.
4: Okay, but you don't have any connections. Oh, you are.
5: Yeah, I pulled my own permits. I, I see. I,
4: but I just... usually the GCs will be you know affiliated with the local suppliers. <laughs> yeah, that somewhere. costs a lot
5: more money, Doug. Yeah, I know. Like I sent like you a, forty thousand uh... dollars more money to do it that really? way. Really. Oh yeah, do you did, have a GC? Did you try Able Concrete? I have not had a chance yet because I had to come do the show.
2: Okay, I got I got that recommendation from somebody in my office. So everybody's and, 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 and getting I, somebody and I like to pour
5: concretes like fine Hens Teeth.
3: Really? Apparently. Yeah. So you, how much concrete do you have to pour? A lot. <laughs> I have to pour well, the like whole. What's a what's a lot? Uh, well, not a lot in, the, in their world. Not a lot to me. A lot. It's
5: thirty-seven feet by twenty-six feet or something the whole, the whole oh, so arena. It's
3: not, not going to be that big a deal. Oh, did you tell Alex about that yet? Uh, Alex knows about it.
5: No.
0: What?
3: Oh, you do know about it, Alex?
0: About what? Well,
3: Nick's going to do something that involves your childhood and Andy's childhood, actually. And, uh, I'm going to ruin I'm it. Gonna I'm, I'm <laughs> going to destroy it all. Well. <laughs> no, you're going to make it much better, actually. Cool. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. So yeah, we'll just we'll announce that whenever you want to. That's a, it's a cool thing actually. Next week maybe we'll talk. It about is it. for yeah, it's good for me. I mean, it's oh, it's it, good it, for it, you, yeah. I, <laughs> it, no, I mean it, no. It, no, actually, it's not that big a deal for me. It, it's a good thing for Catherine. Uh, but anyway, no, just the fact. Hey, that, happy wife, uh, happy can, life. It's what they tell me. No, trust
2: uh, me.
1: Why? <laughs>
3: My wife is sitting next to me. What do you want me to say? No, that's BS. Forget it. I couldn't it doesn't care work less. Work that way
2: around here, not really.
3: I have to. Uh, I have to read this story because it's really, you know, Alex. We did start watching um, Silicon Valley.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Aviato things. t-shirt showed up last week. Aviato. Sure. You got you one. Got your I did. Aviato ah. HBO sh- a store did sells them for eight bucks.
0: I know. I was going to get Dan one, but he has so many. Frickin' t-shirts.
3: So they don't take you guys up a lot of are going to be very sad. You're going to be sad about this news today. Then,
2: oh
3: no! You know that TJ Miller was fired from from uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. man, this week. Yeah, I, I know he is. Okay,
2: TJ oh, Miller's coming, coming in. This he... week? Uh, he's coming into or is it next week? He's coming into House of Comedy or something.
3: Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. I, I, look, he's I think he's funnier than hell on there, but he might not be coming into town. I don't.
6: Yeah, I think you might be. I think you're wrong about that. Oh, right, yeah. Here we go. April nineteenth through the twenty
3: second. So he's going to be at Rose Comedy. Um, I think so. I hope. I hope he's coming out. He might be coming to act me. I don't know. But anyway, I'm I,
2: wrong. But you're. But I'm right. No, so I acknowledge I, the fact that.
6: Let me read the story. Well, we don't know if he's coming in here. Oh.
3: Let me. Let me read the story. Okay. Because I'm a big T.J. Miller fan. I think T.J. Miller's hilarious. Uh, I thought he was the only good thing in Deadpool, and I like Ryan Reynolds usually, but I thought Deadpool is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but I thought T.J. Miller was really good it. Who was okay. he
6: in Deadpool again? I barely was remember that movie.
3: Okay, yeah. He was a bartender. T.J. Miller was arrested... Uh, Monday night by the feds for calling it a fake bomb threat on a train. Oh,
6: yeah. Uh, what? No. yeah. what? What a weird thing to do. Yeah,
3: Well, it gets worse. Drug related. No way. It, it sounds like he did it just to get back at another passenger. Here's the deal. Back on March 18th, TJ was on a train from D.C. to New York when he called 911 and said there was a woman on board with her bomb in her bag, but he gave police the wrong train number. So authorities stopped the wrong train, which was in Connecticut at the time, yanked everyone off, and sent in the bomb squad. This is all real, by the way. This is not speculation. The feds are involved in this. Oh, my God. So they uh, didn't find anything, so they contacted Miller, who was in New York at the time. He described the woman as having red hair and a red scarf and said she was acting suspiciously and seemed to want to get off the train and leave her bag behind. The cop thought Miller was slurring his speech and asked if he was drunk or mentally ill, which he denied. When officials determined that what train Miller had been on, they met it at the nearest station and inspected it. Again, it was clean. But the attendant on Miller's car told them he had downed several drinks during the ride, was already intoxicated when he boarded in D.C. In fact, they had kicked him off the train because of his condition. But before that happened, T.J. was involved in several, quote, hostile exchanges with a woman in the same car. After speaking with the woman and the attendant, investigators determined Miller had made the whole thing up just because he was mad at her. T.J. was charged with a federal crime for making a false report. It carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. He was released yesterday morning on a $100,000 bond. T.J. was on HBO Silicon Valley until he parted ways with the show last year, uh, supposedly due to issues with drugs and alcohol. You'd also know him as Ryan Reynolds' bartender. Yeah, Buddy uh, Weasel. Yeah, so we uh, don't know if he's going to be it or not. He Uh, was also the star of the cinematic masterpiece that was the Emoji movie, one of the worst, worst movies ever made. And he was the voice of a glob of mucus in commercials for Mucinex, but he lost that gig not long after he was hit with a sexual assault allegation. So he has been charged with a federal crime.
4: Think that, Think uh, calling in bombs, or fake bombs will get you on the no-fly list? I think yeah.
3: Just, yeah, I, I do <laughs> think it'll get you on the no-fly list. So I don't know that he's going to make it in for that show uh I don't know. Like I said, I think T.J. Miller's terrific. I thought he was wonderful on Silicon Valley. I've seen his stand back before. I've talked to him a couple times. Very nice guy when I talk to him. But apparently, he might have a drug or alcohol problem or something. I don't know what the hell's going on with well, him. But most comics do. Well, that's true. But once the feds are involved, you got real problems. Yeah, that's not good. That's all I know. Don't be calling in bomb threats. That's T.J. What are you doing? Did, are you still watching Silicon Valley, Alex?
0: I don't know when the new season is. It out? Is it happening?
3: That I don't know. Kat. Your mom and I are, are are just catching up. We went all because it's like been on for five years, hasn't it? Season yeah. five yeah.
6: is. Uh, let's see. Looks like it started like maybe last week or two.
3: Yeah, a couple last the oh, okay. so last couple of weeks. Ahead. I think yeah. Right. Season five, episode one, started has, in March twenty fifth.
5: Has anybody seen the zoo yet? Did I recommend it a couple weeks ago?
3: No, I have not seen it yet, but I do want to watch
5: that. It is awesome. You have to watch. You have to catch one episode.
0: I'm going to see Blockers tonight.
5: Oh, that's terrible. We'll see. That's just what's trash. Blockers? It's it's Blockers, and they have a picture of a rooster male chicken.
0: It's it's a comedy. Oh,
3: that looks Leslie, horrible. Leslie yes. Mann's it's in horrible. it it's and horrible. John
0: Cena's. It's in it. It's a horrible movie. I don't know. My friend was oh, like, God. "Let's go to a movie on Wednesday night." I was like, "Okay, what do you want to see?" I just can't see. Um,
5: it's about it's parents called. stopping their kids from having sex when they're on the prom date. Yeah, oh, it's like,
3: that's prom prom
5: date.
0: Yeah, it's three okay. girls made so a it's... sex pact to lose their virginity on prom night, and it's one mom oh, and two God. dads stopping it's that them. That
5: typical mm-hmm. nineties blockbuster garbage. It's the exact
6: kind of movie that uh, The Simpsons has made fun of a thousand times.
3: So they're rooster blockers, get it? Yeah. Um, Oh my um, god, you're going to see that?
0: I'm going to see it because all I care about is (laughs) I've lost all (laughs)
5: respect for you, Alex.
0: Popcorn and candy. (laughs) I don't have high expectations, but there's nothing else that I... Here's the thing. My friend asked me to go to a movie and I can't go to a movie until after I put Fawn to bed. And it has yes. to be, and it can't be too late, because or else I won't get enough sleep. And so it was like, at how about something at 8.30? And she was like, oh, let's go see Blockers. And I was like, sure, whatever. I I don't care. I'll
3: watch yeah, it. Maybe there's a couple
4: of laughs in it. Yeah, Who knows? I'm not
0: expecting anything great, but I'm going to eat my popcorn. You get a
4: couple hours away from the old ball and chain, Shit. though. yeah, damn. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes over well. <laughs> That's going over well. Uh, How about some random facts for you? Although there are a couple of them I don't know if you want to even hear. You produce between one and two liters of nasal mucus every day, and you wind up swallowing most thank of it. You <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> thank you for that.
2: Thank you
0: for
3: that. That's like, okay, how about Dan this?
0: the other day was looking at his computer, and he was like, oh my god, look at this. And he shows me this picture of a spider with like 3,000 tiny spiders stacked on top of its uh, back. Eggs. And now they're uh, in oh my god. hair, and I can feel them everywhere all the time.
7: I know, I can feel them. Yeah, they're in your <laughs> <something>. ears. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 All right, we'll be back. Tom Bernard show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about flow docks. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side to side sway. They're completely modular so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install, level and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy. My friends at Flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a Flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family. See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763 333 7337 to register. That's 763
1: 333 7337.
3: Manic depression is searching my soul. That's great. L.A. Nick comes in and Molina's manic depressed. Yes. <laughs> you know, has manic depression. That's the whole deal right there, ladies and gentlemen. I can cheer you up, though. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing. I didn't know this. You know those inflatable dancing tubes you see outside car dealerships? You know where they came from? The Wacky
0: Flailing... What are they called? They're like Their literal name is so long.
3: Yeah,
6: well, Wacky is, Waving yeah. Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube, man. Yep. Yes. They've only been around I, since
3: 1996. Why is that? I looked this up once, but I don't remember. You see him outside car dealerships mostly because the gorilla lost. on the roof was uh, getting too expensive.
6: Yeah. Well, sure. probably they'd uh, tie it down improperly and then it would blow away and kill someone or something. No.
3: Has an inflatable gorilla ever blown off a car dealer roof?
4: Uh, we don't done, have you those. Know, you have that's that's to go to uh, like well, Rudy, Rudy Luther or the Auto Nation if you're into <laughs> inflatable gorillas or army straw men that wave their arms around. No, that was uh, that's always uh, been an Andrew uh, Walzer uh, rule. He goes, we're gorilla free. Since 2003, we're gorilla free. That's
3: true.
6: I know bounce houses used to get blown away all
3: the time because people oh, yeah.
6: are too stupid to tie them down.
3: It's true, oh very true. Uh, they've been around since 1996. They were originally invented as part of the opening ceremonies for the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Ah.
0: That's where ah. they came
3: from.
2: Weird.
0: I didn't.
3: I had no idea that was true. I didn't know that either. Have you ever? Have I you seen? Like they what? wouldn't
6: fit in there. Well, they yeah, probably Atlanta?
2: weren't the same thing, right? They probably. They well, said different. they were. Oh, really? They looked exactly. The yeah, same. unless
6: they were the nineteen ninety six Olympics were very zany.
2: You know what? If, yeah. if it's the first time you've ever seen something, it's always you yeah. know like oh, yeah. that's kind of that's cool. Exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It doesn't that become ridiculous until later.
3: That's absolutely true. There's actually the inflatable tube man family in a commercial now. Yeah, the, car the family's commercial. waiting, looking out the window. Is is it a car commercial? It is
5: a car commercial. It's for a car car website.
3: Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. This I did not know, and then we'll move on to more depressing things. Oh, good. It's just been that kind of day. There are people who speak many different languages in Queens, New York, more than any other place in the world. Queens, New York, there are people who speak how many different languages?
2: 22.
3: Oh, I would bet it's probably 80.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
3: 800. Wow. I what? doubt that very much. Says there are people who speak 800 different languages in Queens New York, which is more than any other place. That sounds still. like KFAI.
4: You know, because that, that's... If oh, would you now you're, oh, gonna, oh my God! Here we go
3: now. Good God! Oh God. If you're re- uh, that,
4: if you're really a foodie. don't
3: write in the newspaper that I said that because I didn't. You'll be lying.
4: Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, if you're really a foodie, okay. you, you want to go to the uh, outer boroughs. Everybody thinks, oh, Manhattan's got all this cool food and all this. Uh, all yeah, the new immigrants yeah. from all over the world can't afford to live in Manhattan, so they're out in Queens and mm, so makes on and so forth. So. That does make sense. Well, I, yeah. I think
2: the Minneapolis Public Schools has 75 different languages that they, have, uh, they do, to, yes. that they accommodate. Yeah. So.
6: yeah, but 800 is just like, that has to be like every language. Is it like nuance, you think, Andy? It's languages and nuance? Yeah, yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, all 30 different dialects of German they speak in Switzerland and that kind of thing. How
5: many actual Where's languages on? are there?
6: Well, at least 800. Uh, I don't, well, the problem <laughs> I <know>. is it's <laughs> difficult to... Um, qualify what a language is. Yeah, dialect? Because it's like, or, you know... Yeah. yeah, it's like, there you could find two people in america who couldn't understand each other but they're technically speaking the same language get
2: that in minnesota alone yes
6: yeah so it's like what's a language and what's a dialect and what's an affectation it's hard to say
0: if you had like someone from the iron range iron range talk to somebody from the bayou Mm -hmm. there would that no one would understand a
5: word if you have somebody from downtown minneapolis if it's an hennepin talk to you you wouldn't understand ebonics. ebonics
3: yeah that is true andy do you know anything about the troxler effect Troxler. You ever heard of the Troxler effect? Uh, There's a picture going viral that looks like a bunch of random color blobs, but if you stare at it for just a little while, it disappears. Oh, yeah.
6: Like it's, the rotating pink, whatever the hell.
3: Yeah. It's because of something called the Troxler effect. When you stare at something long enough, it causes your eyes to adjust and make some parts fade out of your vision. And the way this picture is designed, it makes the colors fade, and since some of it is white, it just turns white like the page. It will disappear if you stare at it. Yeah. This
2: is oh. this
6: is the one I'm familiar with. Is
3: that it? Oh
2: Absolutely. yeah. Is that is that like the remember you those stare magic at
6: the plus for long enough, just like
2: I
7: don't
6: know,
3: dad might be so, will, will all the will all the pink will disappear? Yep,
2: yep just, they're starting to. Uh-huh. Yeah, really weird,
3: because this this one's <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, this one is, what what you, one, is one is just blobs. What
2: are those weird? No, we can't see radio. Magic <laughs> eyes? But yeah, that's,
3: magic that's eyes. That's what I'm saying. It's the same it's, thing, isn't it? Cross no, your very eyes.
2: different.
3: Oh, uh, I was going to tell people they can go to the Huffington Post and then read those lies and look at the picture.
6: Well, the Troxler the Troxler effect, I think, has to do with the fact that most of your vision is actually in black and white except for the very center yeah, but your brain fills in the color of your peripheral vision based on what it remembers. So if you like if you pass a uh, you know a square of red on the wall, it'll still look red in your peripheral mm-hmm. vision, even though technically you're not seeing the red. it's just your brain saying I remember this is red but eventually it'll forget.
3: Right, just I just stared at this for about a minute and it did not disappear. Why well, that is that?
6: Tiny little picture. That's not. Oh, it's too
3: big. I have to blow it up bigger.
6: Yeah. If you click it there, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that's, although generally when I, I mean, it. Well,
3: should Tom's
2: be, staring at a picture yeah. on his computer. It's fascinating. Mm. No, I just, just want to know
3: if it works. I just, I'm going to do it later. I just
2: looked it up. It says many believe the number of world languages is about sixty-five hundred. Good but there are actually 7,106 living languages in the world.
3: Good God. I had no idea there were that many different languages. I had, I had no clue that well, was but true. like I said, I mean,
2: well, well, a language can Linguistic mean, society is saying, so. A language what do they can know? be they
3: many know. things. They should know. That's all I know. But, but
2: they're like, that might not exactly be right. Well, yeah, because no, it's still, like I mean, what there's...
0: A tiny little village with three people and they speak their own language and that yeah that, how are they to know that
5: well i mean every country in africa has a different language so yeah. that's a lot right just in africa well
0: and like vi- yeah, yeah like every little village can have their own language so
7: uh-huh.
3: remember when that comedian on the tonight show many years ago he said he started studying uh, yoga and meditation and he said and Johnny he was like acting like he was serious about it and Johnny's going like well so what do you do and he goes oh you just sit there and, and you you close your eyes and they give you a mantra and he goes well, what's a ma- mantra he goes well Johnny i mean i can do it in front of everybody but you know they'll know your mantra and, and your man- mantra is supposed to be Oh, mani padme hum uh <laughs> no, he goes so Johnny closes his eyes and he goes okay john i'm going to give you your mantra are you ready Okay, it'll be Oa Tafu Liam. So Johnny's on there and he's going, Owa Tafu Liam. Oh, and the guy says, No, say it fast. Yeah, I think I get it. <laughs> and he, goes, he ends up going, Oh, what a fool I am. <laughs> 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 it was fantastic. Johnny was not happy that he got suckered in, into saying that on national television, but what the hell? It he was what always You remember
2: <laughs> it all these years. He was a good. He sport. was a good sport. He was a good
3: stuff. sport. But do do yourself a favor and do not read the bombastic Bushkin's book. We we had him on this show. Uh, Bushkin was is his, uh, is that attorney. like the,
6: the real story of Johnny Carson? Yeah, I uh, guess he
3: was a flaming prick, uh, just a really really not a very pleasant guy. And there were many people like he and Bob Hope couldn't stand one another, and it just uh, I I don't want to know. Do you, you want to know those things? No. You can't help it anymore.
6: every yeah, I mean, I like, suppose. think of a celebrity that hasn't done something scummy in the news in the past 10 years.
3: No, there's Ed not Begley a whole Jr. lot of them. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's right. Ed Begley Jr. is one of them. Although, Mordahl did burst his bubble. Uh-oh. Because Ed Begley Jr. came on, and, and Ed Begley is big into the uh, ecology and all the rest of it, and he's... Ed Begley Jr. is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to talk to. He's a yeah, great guy. Yeah, but he
4: makes Al Gore look like the CEO of Standard Oil.
3: <laughs> he does. You're absolutely right. So he said uh, that, that that morning he made his toast. He gets on his bicycle and pedals his bicycle. Oh, that's the guy, that guy? Yeah, it's Ed Begley Jr. Right? Oh, I see. So he... the pedaling the bicycle powers the toaster so it toasts his bread so it doesn't burn any electricity and he was all h- proud of it and happy and, yes I made my own toast I didn't use any electricity and Mordal goes how much CO2 did you expel through your mouth
5: I would just tell that guy he's an idiot
3: Ah, uh, it's so sad, though. He was all proud of it until Mordahl peed all over his theory. Well, this
6: focus on CO2. CO2, it's very short-sighted. Because there's a whole lot of other stuff out there that's a lot worse than CO2. Well, we need, we need it right now because we,
5: we need this global warming thing to start kicking in around here, man. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> that's right this here. is getting ridiculous. What if we could just...
6: I wonder if we could just make little bubbles of CO2 in certain places and (laughs) uh, actively heat up the world.
0: Because
5: this cold crap's got to go, man.
0: You know how everyone is talking about how annoyed they are with the weather? That's how annoyed I am with people talking about the weather.
4: They told your mom (laughs) to bite it on Facebook this morning. (laughs) You did? Yeah. Catherine post something you like, bite it? Oh, yeah. is everybody spring? sick of spring? I said, Ever? you're in Florida, bite it. No, I didn't.
2: I said, springtime, anyone?
4: Anyone? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you're in Florida where it's
0: 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah. We're so. a little
3: crabby up here.
0: I'm not crazy. Only I'm for just...
3: 48 more hours.
0: I'm really annoyed. Well, well, I'll
3: tell out. you
5: what, you guys aren't going to like what you're coming back to.
0: Oh, my God, put on a coat um. and move on with your life.
6: <laughs> yeah, it does. it really doesn't bother me that much. It's
0: so ridiculous. It's all anyone is talking about right now, and I'm like, Put on a hat. It's 46 get your degrees. Car, move on with your yeah, life. Today's nice. Put on a parker, it's sunny Cover today's, up
4: the baby belly nice. and just move on.
0: Exactly. It's like <laughs> complaining about it. Is that going to make anything better? No. Stop.
6: 46 <laughs> degrees I think is nice. I it's like 50 that temperature. tomorrow
0: and partly cloudy. Fantastic. Yeah. I went to the zoo That's yesterday. Like the, the, it was oh, it was pretty chilly and it was cloudy all day yesterday, but I was outside at the zoo. I should
4: have come by? I live 2 miles from there. Oh, really? Yep. I like that. That's it down cool.
0: There. Yeah, it's mm. a nice area.
4: Though they built the million-dollar yeah. bicycle bridge to nowhere at the zoo, it's yeah. the stupidest thing. What in the a world. waste of money! You know when you drive in oh, that bridge that goes over? Yeah, a waste. That's of That's a bicycle. Yeah. There's no yeah. bike pass there. I was gonna
0: say, and there's no people that live there. Yeah,
5: what a waste of money! It was just if I owned a
6: city, anyway. I would own a city. I would have them create this a one-way road that just spirals around and eventually just leads to like a wall.
3: Well, that's the that's the tunnel to nowhere in Saint Paul.
6: Yeah, and then like once you get to the end, How
3: are you going to get out? Because there's cars behind (laughs) you. They
5: have lots of those in Europe.
3: Yeah, they're tunnels.
5: I'm I'm not surprised.
6: Yeah, because Europe was designed around walking
3: when you know before, way before cars existed. Yeah. And what are you going to do? What can one say, right? (laughs) Well,
6: do, do you know what the um
3: the first traffic fatality was? What? No. I don't know the first guy that got a speeding ticket. I just learned that the other night on, uh, I think it was Jeopardy. I'm not sure. Darkness. Dave lived six blocks
4: from the zoo. Yeah. Alex. Oh, really? Yep. I gave him oh, yeah, all that makes sense, my man. kids' uh, Nerf uh, collection because they'd outgrown um, it. So yeah. He and his boy. Oh, he got all the Nerf collection. Oh, oh we had a whole just basket, laundry baskets full of weaponry.
0: Yeah, Nerf
4: stuff. Well, that's <laughs> good. They showed up and there's like these eight-year-old kids there, and their eyes are like. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Bridget oh. Driscoll was the first person to
6: ever be killed by a car Aww. in 1896. Was she jaywalking? Um, <laughs> I don't just know. Just because she's
2: but, a woman, you think she's well, doing just, something uh, wrong? There was she was no no on
6: her such thing phone. As
5: jaywalking back then. She was
6: texting. <laughs> no, there was not. Witnesses said that the car, was, the car was driving at a reckless pace. See? Which was four miles per hour. Four <laughs>
3: miles an hour, is a reckless pace.
2: Reckless pace.
0: Can you even. Uh, I wouldn't even think that you'd be able to die. Okay, here's the with question. a question. car going four How, many miles people, per hour? How
5: many people had been killed by a horse and wagon, hit by a horse and wagon before that?
4: I'm oh, sure way oh, more. Especially. Than that. Oh God, well, who yeah, doesn't especially
5: know
0: when that? That's, <laughs> That's common knowledge. That's I mean, I'm
5: sure common. a lot more first... people were killed by a horse and wagon.
3: The first guy to ever get a speeding ticket was a, a taxi driver, I believe, in New York City. Can't remember his name. Naturally. But he was doing eight miles an hour, and he got a speeding ticket.
6: <laughs> yeah, cars well, wow. cars were different. That's I Like the coroner said, that I hope n- such a thing will never happen again.
3: Oh! Well, oh, no. oh, yeah. no. since yeah. the,
6: since 1896, yeah, a couple of people have been hit by cars since then. So. A, couple. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, a
3: couple. Yeah, a couple. You're absolutely right. La Nick, you're going to be ecstatic yep. uh, in and our so next segment here, and so is Doug. Actually, Doug, you'll be ecstatic with this too. You know who Jake Brown is?
4: I don't. Parent,
3: no, you don't. <laughs> Sounds like
0: a very generic. Name. Uh,
3: his a book is called Beyond Show. the What? Your bad, bad with with names. names so yeah,
5: I probably know who he is. Right
3: Beyond now. the Beyond the Beats, rock and roll's greatest drummers speak. He's written a book about drummers. What do you think of that, well, man? That's a hard book
6: uh, to I'll write. Have to do all the drummer jokes. I think he's going to say something about Neil Peart, and you're going to get all mad at him. The way you know that the drum. Oh, that's.
3: uh... Never mind, I'll tell it later. No, you can tell it now. How do you know when the drum riser's level? (laughs)
4: Because the Uh, drool comes out of both sides of the drummer's mouth. (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's really, oh my God. We'll be right back. Jake Brown, our special guest next time on not show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners.
5: April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindall team is hosting our sellerworkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between 30 dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free.
3: So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch?
5: Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Christendal team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion, to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket.
3: The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOL. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Welcome my special guest, Jake Brown, his latest book, Beyond the Beats, Rock and Roll's Greatest Drummers Speak, a holy grail for rock and metal drummers of any generation. This book features the stories behind hundreds of their favorite beats, whether the reader is a fan, streaming his favorite hits by each band while reading along to how they were created in the studio, or a young drummer le- learning how to uh, play each song by these superstar hitters. Beyond the Beats gives a real look behind the kit at the power and pain it takes to stay on top for decades. Jake, how are
7: you? Oh, I'm great, man. I was cracking up at your uh, your drummer jokes there before the uh, break. <laughs> Although, surprisingly, uh, these guys are sophisticated machines when they're performing them. You know, you're thinking about... Guy like Lars Ulrich oh, coming God. with the athleticism at 50 that he did at 21. You know what I mean? And playing for these these kids in all these countries that, that you know, all they all they speak is the music. They don't want to hear anything slower or less energetic. And I mean, these, these guys are, are just amazing uh, musicians that, uh, you know, obviously the premise of this book was to try to really delve into the, you know, first who sat them down behind the kid, put the sticks in their hands, and go all the way through the hips. Um, and and so it was a real honor. If I could tell you some of the guys that are in this book, uh, you know, we we tried to come up with some really strong opening balls. Uh, you got Lars Olicka, Metallica, Joey Kramer, Aerosmith, Tommy Lee, Motley Crue, Taylor Hopkins of the Foo Fighters, Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers, Doug Cosmo, Clifford of Creedence that blew me away. Creedence Clearwater Revival, right. he go tours of Bon Jovi, Matt Store, Guns and Roses, Jimmy Chimlin, The Smashing Pumpkins, Kenny Arnoff, of course, we know from Mellencamp and John Fogarty, you know. Steve Perkins and James Dixon, and Steve Smith of Journey, and and you know the whole point here was to try to uh, you know really give the, the reader like a three D view from like everything these guys are you know they're keeping the band going, they're keeping the audience going, they're they're having to put out all this flashy showmanship. Uh, it goes on and on. You know Tommy Lee doing these roller coaster you know drum sets all the way back to Joey Kramer doing his first drum solo in 75 when Steven Tyler kicked him in the rear to go out there and play. And, you know, Taylor Hawkins talks about how afraid he is every time he goes out to do one of these stadium gigs. It's, a, it's an extraordinary, um, you know, instrument and, and position within a band to, you know, really um, contribute and dive and so much that we wanted to really put a spotlight on it.
3: Do you think people, Jake, people look at drummers, some of them, you know, the old joke about uh, what... What do you call a drummer, a guy who hangs out with musicians, you know, that all the jokes about drummers. Do you think people have that
7: <laughs> that
3: perception? They do
7: have that impression a little bit. They do. Yeah. Do you it's think they part have part of my motivation for writing this book? Right?
3: right. Do you think they have that because every time you see a band, uh, back in the old days on the Ed Sullivan show or you see a band now on you know Saturday Night Live or whatever, the drummer's always in the back. Always behind the guitars, the singer, whatever. Uh, You've had band, then you had bands um, it's going back a few decades now that had two drummers in them. I, I just I played drums yeah. from the from the time I was about eleven years old till I was nineteen. Had a ball doing it. It was. I tell you what, if you have any frustration, become a drummer because you can beat the frustration out of your body every night if you want. to. <laughs> it's a great thing to. Yeah, do.
7: a lot of energy too. You know, it's funny you mentioned the kids. Um, you know, the stories that these guys all have, like Chad Smith's dad buying him, didn't want to buy him a drum set right off. He got him these Baskin Robbins, uh, you know, ice cream drum buckets. Bullets. That was his yeah. first hit uh, yeah. Tommy Lee, you know, Tommy Lee on the flip side, like his dad was an auto mechanic and walled off half of his real working garage where he made a living and made a soundproof room for Tommy to play in. And You know, one of the things in this book that's really cool is these guys really talk about, also if you're an aspiring drummer, you know, there's so much advice in this book. and There's so much, like, just like getting out young and playing with, as many musicians as you can early on, putting on your headset and bashing along to your favorite guys, even if you barely get through the beats. You know, John Bonham was heavily tributed in this book in pretty much yeah. everyone's chapter. And then there was, a, there was a totally other sort of shocking angle of how much jazz and you think with the swing and the seal of these guys. So like Jimmy Chamberlain, uh, Steve Smith, these are real technicians, so Steve Perkins. And, you know, all these guys, when they get off the rock tour, they go right into the jazz drumming. And so it's really extraordinary just to see how talented. Kenny Arniff, my God, the city timpani at university of indiana and, and orchestral uh drumming and all you know i co-wrote his uh, memoir and that's how i sort of got the idea for oh, this book i just read and, that um, i just read you know, that
4: two it, months it, 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 ago it was everyone... really really good yeah, i just read that book two months ago it was great
2: yeah he's been on the show before yeah yeah
3: okay mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah we spent
7: three good years time. working on that book <laughs> it was a trip
3: you know my favorite and, uh, my favorite it, drummer story of all time is a, there used to be a comedian many many years ago named charlie Callis. And Charlie used to come on the Tonight Show all the time, and one night he told a story about, because he was a drummer uh, back in his earlier days before he became a comedian, and he got a call one night that uh, apparently the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra needed a drummer. Their drummer was sick, and they couldn't find a drummer. Is there any way, Charlie, you can make it over and just you know play tonight's uh, tonight's date? Uh, we'll, we'll pay you some dough. He goes, yeah, fantastic. He gets there, and whoever set up the drum kit everything was completely off balance the, the 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 stool that he was sitting on basically he said had two operable legs and one was kind of just <laughs> sitting there so at one point he's playing along he's playing along with all the songs and all the rest of it and the chair tipped over so he fell off oh, the chair God. and he said Tommy Dorsey turned around looked at him and said goddamn bebop drummer <laughs>
7: Yeah, you know, you know what's funny, uh, in this book, like you mentioned, those kind of old-school legends, you know, Buddy yep. Rich, Gene Krupa, oh, yeah. you know, these guys were, were kind of like, yeah, they were kind of like the Beatles at Sullivan moments, a lot of these guys, along with Ringo, of course. But, yep. you know, what's amazing, too, is the showmanship that, um, you know, think about for forty years, you know, Joey Kramer talks about certain fundamentals like less is more in some of his performances and where to stick a fill instead of not stick a fill, and so... You get these studio stories that it's amazing how much these guys, you know, sometimes you're talking about four and five different things going on within one song, you know, in terms of layers or shifts in tempo. And you you get, like, Stephen Perkins talks about having a, quote, conversation with his instrument. I thought that was a beautiful way to put it because there's so, you know, it's almost like if you took a blank canvas, take a drum, you know, take the drum performance out of Walk This Way. What do you have? Still have a good song, but what a beat. has great kick don't stop believing if they buried that mix, you know, that that, that performance in the mix. And Steve uh, Smith talks about taking that home and working on it for a night. Mike didn't even, you know, Jack and Diane almost made it, didn't make it off the cutting room floors. I'm sure Kenny told you, you know, he had to come in at the last minute and save it with that, that Lynn Drum, you know, famous breakdown in the middle. I mean, arguably, mm-hmm. aside from in the air tonight, those are two of the most famous, you know, uh, fills in the world, you know, and breakdowns. I mean, it's like... There's so many cool additions that drummers put into these these songs that otherwise, you know, they'd probably still be pretty good, but but not signature the way they are. Even like say Tico Torres talking about that opening, you know, role to "Living on a Prayer." You know, they just they, they do it. so much to bring these songs to life and keep them all these years entertaining and interesting, along with everyone else in the band. But it's a, it's a huge responsibility. As much fun as they have doing it.
3: Yeah, Jake, I, I tell you, when I was a when I was a teenager, I do remember this very very clearly. That as much as I loved the band, I got to love the band later on. The entire band. What attracted me to the Almond Brothers at first was the drummer. I said, "How does he make his yeah. drums sound like that? How does he do that?" It was phenomenal drumming, yeah. terrific
7: drumming. Well, and, yeah, and to your point, you know, you also get these iconic. Think about stylistically the guys I rattled off. If you want heavy metal, you got Metallica. Yeah. One, what an iconic song, and Lars breaks that down all the way across the aisle to you know Tito talking about Bon Jovi classics or Matt Sorum gives us you know, Axel coming up to him and, and, and you get these great studio stories in this book too. He says, you know, I need you to come up with a signature. Think about the pressure he's under. He's just replaced Steven Adler It's the number one gig oh, any German yeah. girl in the world. And Axel Rose comes up and says, I need you to create some simple fill that's going to be a signature connector between November Rain, Strange, and Don't Cry. I mean, you'd think that was, oh, do, 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 and he jokes about that. You know, like, everyone gives him trouble about it, but he could have done 80 things there. And and so there's all these little nuances to what these guys contribute artistically. When you think about a canvas and what they add, I mean, so much color, and then there's so much depth. There's so many things with their performances that get, you know, unraveled in this book that are pretty cool, too. Um... You know, it, it just runs the gamut, man. And then, stylistically, like I said, if you want grunge, you got the chilies you got, you know, the Foo Fighters, I suppose, you want more modern rock, you have James Addiction, of course, uh, all the way across to, like, Doug Cosmo Clifford takes us into how him and John Fogarty met in junior high. And then, like, the whole rise of Creed and Clearwater, and he takes you down on the corner. And, like, Proud Mary turned out to be Fortunate Son's Beat Slowed Down. Just little stuff like yeah, that. You know, yeah. so there's a little, little really cool things that we hope, you know, you, you put this book down. If you're a millennial, uh, you can stream along while you read it. You can watch these performances on YouTube if you want to see that those famous solos recreated, those drum performances, live drum solos, and all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. Hopefully, with the technology today, um, it's very three D. That's the the ambition, anyway. <laughs> God,
3: you kind of like the, uh, the kind of like uh, Pink Floyd and uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you can watch it a lot. Yeah, yeah
7: and I tell you, if, do, if you would permit me to plug Volume Two, listen to this list. So this is just a few names in Volume Two, which comes out next year. We got the Clash, Iron Maiden. E. Ray Vaughn, Double Trouble, Free, Dream Theater, Carmine of the Pieces in there, Steve Gadd is in there, MC5's drummer, Dino Danelli of the Rascals, John Lennon's drummer, Chicago Pixies, uh, Primus, Santana. So it goes, yes, there's many more. Power, Power, goes all over the map. But this book we thought was the strongest 12 balls of kind of guys that, and they were chronologically, these were the first 12 to sign on, and these guys the mm. a chance that Joey Kramer was the fourth drummer to sign on to this idea, mm-hmm. you know, when I was just first kind of floating it, so I was really grateful that they all were willing to open up as much as they were, and, and, and I gave them my, their word, they'd have as much time as they wanted, and they were, they were so frustrated, I think, with the word count, you know, you read a Rolling Stone article, two paragraphs are about the drummer, you know, um, and, and most of it's about you know girls and drugs, you know whatever the partying, and we tried to <laughs> yeah. the music and, and still, so,
4: yeah. So when you're ta- when you so. mentioned Santana, you, did, you, did you interview Dennis Chambers?
7: No, it was Michael Shriever. Oh, Okay. Why did you ask? Yeah, that Michael Stevens. Well, I mean, they historically. I mean, he's the one that was in the Woodstock.
4: Yep, that's right. No, he was on uh, all the hit records. Know, Dennis has been Woodstock. playing with him for twenty years, and he's one of my all-time favorite drummers. The guy's just. A yeah,
7: yeah, singer.
5: yeah. No, for sure. I'm, I'm surprised that for you sure. didn't that you didn't get Stephen Adler because Stephen Adler's parts in Appetite for Destruction are just. Undeniable, some of the most brilliant drumming to ever come out in the yeah, last year. years.
3: Yeah, we're working on him for the second book. You oh. got to go through his mother, Jake. His mother. Yeah, I
7: agree.
3: his mother gets him to do all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm you not get, kidding his you. His mother. Yeah, yeah, Steven's so,
7: Stephen. The hope is that that list isn't done in. <laughs> and, and then we're doing a female volume of it too, with Ooh. all the, the you know the big female drummers. So that's the third volume that'll be out in 2020. So it, this is a, we were proud to kick it off with these twelve guys. You know. Um, they—they, they, you know, you—you you guys, so many radio stations. We, we salute too because you guys keep these songs alive for so many generations. And it's like, you know, the who's still playing the in the arenas and in the stadiums today. It's these two, you know. So, yeah, uh, we're really glad that they were willing to open up about it all.
3: That was wonderful. LA, you played. You were a drummer for a while, weren't you? Yep, my whole life. Your whole life, you've been a drummer. Well, since I was when I could walk. And what? What? What made you go to Because my older brother was a guitar player, so I you don't know, know I think drew, Buddy, Buddy what, Rich
5: is the one who got me hooked from playing drums, watching yeah, Buddy yeah, Rich. I could see that. I remember Buddy Rich on The Tonight Show and Johnny yeah, Carson. Yeah, exactly. Just, just a close-up of him playing just a snare and me going, holy crap, how's he doing that?
4: Well, the house drummer on The Tonight Show, yeah, was pretty good. Ed Shaughnessy, was a badass. Ed
7: Shaughnessy, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. Uh, The performance side, you know, Tommy Lee talks about Tommy Aldridge and, of course, Bonham, I mentioned. uh, But, you know, think about guys like you. And it's fun with this book series. To his point, it it, it really tributes a lot of the guys. You know, Elvin Jones, who brought uh, Tigo Torres along. Um, You know, we mentioned Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich. Uh, There's so many drummers like, you know, Keith Moon, right? We knew who Keith Moon is. Who knows what a 10 year old does that? You know, so right. it's like hopefully when you're reading these chapters that you know you, you might also dive back into those cast catalogs because there's so many people that have passed on that you know they're still reverberating their beats are still you know kind of kind of reverberating today as vibrantly as they were then. You know, you know I've said this to these guys.
5: I I've said this before in a conversation with Rocco. I I'm a, I read. I can read music. So to be a drummer, most drummers don't read, but I I can read music, so I can play anything that's put in front of me pretty much except for Dave Lombardo you put Dave Lombardo from Slayer's stuff in front of me and I just it's just almost impossible to play so I to me he's one of the most
7: he's one of the most complicated
5: accomplished drummers of all time and he's so underrated the guy's just
7: yeah him importantly definitely important you mentioned this and this is interesting so you know we all know what a clip track is right what a drummer plays along to in the studio mm-hmm. so Jimmy Chamberlain and Chad Smith with the exception of a couple songs never recorded with clip tracks I mean that's how technically perfectly yep, proficient they are. they are you know what I'm, I mean you guys can appreciate that yeah, it's, it's I get it just I mean the technicians these guys are it, it, they're, yeah.
5: they're like machines they're like a machine they are like Dave Lombardo Indeed, you watch are. him play live the dude's yeah, like a machine timing. Yes. Never. Never. yes never never tempo's yeah. flawless I just saw Judas Priest live last week, and their drummer was just—tempo was flawless the whole show.
3: The book is called yeah, Beyond, on Beyond the <laughs> Beats, Rock and Roll's Greatest Drummers Speak. Jake Brown. Jake, thank you so much for your time. Uh, great conversation.
7: Thank you so much, man.
3: Oh, it's our great pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard.